appreciate it. Um, tonight, uh, we're doing a little bit of a show, which I thought uh, is a good good topic to do a show on. We've done various articles and little videos and things about it way back in the day on realnewsaustralia.com, um, but I thought it'd be a good, good opportunity to actually talk about this specific subject, which is, of course, fluoride and water fluoridation, basically is the, uh, the, the topic for tonight we're going to focus on. And uh, I've got a special guest with me for this evening. Uh, if you're on Facebook, then I'm sure you've come across him. He follow. I'm pretty sure he follows Real News Australia on Facebook and, and my own posts. Or I'm pretty sure I'm actually friends with him on Facebook as well. But he shares a lot of good information, which I always share on Real News Australia's uh, Facebook page as well, with regards to anything in terms of water fluoridation uh, and, and fluoride in general, whether it be you know studies that have come out showing how harmful it is or uh, any activism with regards to it, he's always posting some good content. He's none other than Cole Varian. How are you going, Cole? Thanks for coming on tonight, mate. Good evening, Lee. Uh, thanks for having me on. No worries, man. I um, Mate, fuck, it's cold. <laughs> We're in Brisbane and it's freezing cold, eh, mate? <laughs> God. You are in Brisbane, aren't yes. you? Yeah. You don't need to take the water out of the fridge now. It just comes... Out of the tap, if you want to drink that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it comes out of the tap, freaking ice cold at the moment. Um, mate, I took a screenshot on my phone of the of the, the the bomb weather app, and it was like point. I'm in Browns Plains, and it was 0.5 degrees at 6:30 this morning. And I looked at the same temperature, same um, time. I looked up various parts, like capital cities around the country, and it was about, on average, it was about seven to to 12 degrees warmer in. The southern parts of the country, like Adelaide, Melbourne, even in Tasmania, where I've got a mate that lives down there, it was 12 degrees Celsius at the same time at 6.30 this morning when it was 0.5 here in Browns Plains. 
I don't get what's going on. It's crazy. It's just so bloody cold. And now it's a freezing cold night tonight. So, mate, I do appreciate your your time and you, you getting on uh, for a chat this evening, mate. It's... Uh, yeah, it's good of you to, to uh, entertain us for, for this evening, mate, and fill our minds with a bit of knowledge on the, on the topic of fluoridation. Like I said, you've been putting up a lot of content over the years. And I do believe I, I, I was going to come up and say good day to you, but I'm pretty sure you were at one of the protests, the Freedom Rallies in Brisbane um, not too long ago. Is that right? Were you there at, at one of those ones? Yes, I think the last... Two or three, I've been there, and oh, yeah, I missed the I last one that we we had, but the one before that, I was there too, and I'm I'm pretty sure Ethan from from TOTT News, Ethan Nash, um, he said, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw Cole here. Like I think you've met him before, um, but he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure Cole's here somewhere from you know, the Fluoro group. I'm like, oh, is he? I said he, he, he was he was going to point you out to me, but he's like, oh, I can't see him now. And I, so I, I missed my opportunity to come and say good day to you. I, I thought would would have been a good time to actually meet you face to face, but. Maybe sometime in the future, mate, we can we can hook up and shake hands face to face. It's it's always good to meet like minded folks like yourself, man. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be a good time if we can get together. Mm, absolutely, oh, mate. Like I said to uh, to the listeners just before, you've been putting up a lot of information. Let me just bring up. I'll bring up Facebook as we're chatting here. Um, you post a lot of good information. Uh, you know, you're always sharing it up on on social media. Is it just Facebook where you are? Do you use anything else, or is that pretty much your your primary avenue? Yeah, Facebook is my sort of thing. Uh, we do our organisation now does have a web page. Oh, good. So put put that in the show notes for the folks, and I'll I'll include that uh, sorry in the chat for us, and I'll put that in the show notes for the folks so they can uh, check it out, mate, and uh, and follow along with what you guys are doing. That's great. We are also on Twitter, but I'm still learning how to use that properly. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I actually find find Twitter is actually pretty, you know, pretty straightforward, quite easy to use. I actually find it easier to use than than Facebook, to be honest myself. But um, I'm just not on there a lot. I used to have them linked. You could actually, you used to be able to link things like your Twitter and your Facebook and other things all together. And, and, you know, when you post something, it goes to all of them rather than having to sign into all the different ones and post the same thing over and over again. I have to try and work out how to do that again. I can't remember. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> so you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, which is good. So once again, folks, just look up. I mean, if you want to look up Cole's own page, I'm pretty sure you can do that, Cole Varian. But what's the name of the, of the organization that you're um, with, Cole? It's Fluoride Free Australia Incorporated. Awesome. And the website is Fluoride Free Australia, is it dot .com or something? Or? A dot .org. Oh, it's a dot .org. Okay. Oh, yep. There it is. I just scrolled down to it on your page there. All right. Let me just click on that too. Awesome. So, folks, listeners out there, make sure you head over to um, fluoridefreeaustralia.org. Uh, that's the main website that Cole's working out of and there's a lot of good content on there i'm just on there now there's plenty of good stuff up there now um heaps of information it's a really good it's a really in-depth topic but just for the listeners out there maybe there's some folks who we got listening now who aren't quite familiar with you know how it all got started and where it all began um if you don't mind cole would you be able to uh, enlighten us to a little bit about um, actually, no, before I jumped the gun a bit there, let's just talk a little bit about yourself, actually, because I wanted the folks to know a little bit more about Cole and, and why you got involved in this in this movement, basically, in this activism with regards to fluoridation. 
Okay, yeah, well, about seven years ago, I had to go to the dentist. He drilled out a um, mercury amalgam filling, and I got uh, mercury poisoning. Whoa. And that seemed to uh, annoy me a little bit, so I got into a bit of research. I do have a degree in civil engineering. I've been in business, food and wholesaling, and also a bit of a family investment company. Uh, in my ill-spent youth, I played professional sport for the Brisbane Bullets. Oh, nice. So I, I know how much sports people drink, both water and a few other beverages. But anyway, I did start doing the research on dental poisons such as mercury, and I discovered fluoride was also a poison. And that got me somehow involved trying to get fluoride out of the water because it just didn't make sense. Same as mercury fillings. It's a poison and they put it in your mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, fluoride's a dental poison which is supposed to go on the outside of your teeth. But they want you to drink it for the rest of your life and you and eat it with your in your water, your food, your beverages. It's really so you, that, ubiquitous, uh, isn't it? It's just everywhere when you really think about it. Well, that's right. It's in industrial cities, it's in the air. Uh, soil and soil dusts, it's everywhere. It's high, high uh, content in the soil. It's in a lot of medicines, uh, cigarette smokers. And this is all just sort of sort of stuff you've, yes. you've discovered as you've gone along this 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 path of of uh, of you know learning about the substance. You've, you've discovered that it's just everywhere. It's just ubiquitous everywhere, and it's. Um, kind of, I guess, kind of shook you to your core a bit, did it? And that, is that reason why you, you decided to uh, to sort of work your way into, I guess, activism with regards to the topic? Is, is that what really kind of spurred you on when you kind of had that veil lifted and you've gone, this shit is everywhere and they're poisoning us? Yes, it just intrigued me that they seem to get away with it. So it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe oh. and effective. <laughs> Where have we heard that before, Cole? But in fact, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we we had a big uh, big campaign going uh, early two thousand and twenty. We had Paul Connett come over from America. He's going to do an Australian tour, and then the COVID hit and. He had to get out of town and ruined all our plans. And now it's pretty hard to get get people to talk about fluoride because there's nothing but COVID on the airways. Yeah. So all of this stuff that we really need to know about is kind of going, you know, to the wayside because it's all, you know, vaccine this, COVID that, and that seems to be the focus of pretty much everything at the moment. You're not wrong, man. Um, which is kind of why I wanted to, to do something different. We talk about COVID and the COVID nonsense and everything that's attached to it uh, a lot on the podcast, not not specifically the um, 
this bonus show we're doing now, but the main channel, yeah, we, we're all Ethan and Andy and I were always covering the COVID scam and everything to do with it. But I thought it was a good idea to um, to go a little bit away from that tonight and, and and try and get back to some of these other issues that are still are still just as important as they've always been, which is of course the the whole topic of um, of water fluoridation and and the harms it causes and everything else along with it. Um, so that's why I, I thought it would be a good idea to, to get you on and, and have a chat about it so we can actually you know talk about something different but, but still important at the same time. So once again, thanks, Cole, for, for getting on board for, for the show tonight, mate. Um, is it all right now if you might just, I guess, uh, enlighten the listeners a bit about the the what you know, if if you can, a bit about the history of, of this, this substance that we call fluoride um, and perhaps the other... Uh, the other uh, names it goes by, and, and where it came from, you know, why, why all of a sudden was it was it a this this toxic substance all of a sudden a good thing, and why is it you know why are they they said that we we should be brushing our teeth with it, and um, you know now why do they why of course then we'll move into why they started then adding it into the water supply uh, for us to actually drink, like you mentioned before. Um, so if you, if you, if you're able to, would you mind just telling the listeners a bit what your perspective is on, you know, the history of this substance and where it all sort of came about from? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, there's a very good book written about the origins of fluoride, well, and, uh, water fluoridation mainly, uh, it was written by a ex BBC journalist, uh, Christopher Bryson, he wrote the book The Fluoride Deception. And he really went back into the paperwork, researched it for 10 years. And it's an excellent book if you can ever get a hold of it. It used to be in the Brisbane City Council libraries, but it's disappeared off their list now. <laughs> yeah, for, good, for uh, reasons they won't tell us, I'm sure, as well. Yes, I think they still got uh, the book called The Case Against Fluoride. It's still in the uh, library list. All right, I'm just writing these it down as well. So the first one was The Fluoride Deception, was it? That's right, Cool. By Christopher the, Bryson. Christopher Bryson, yeah, cool. I'm just writing these down so I can put them in the show notes as well. All right, please continue. Yes, well... He uh, got all the data and the papers, the hidden papers, back in the 30s and 40s. Fluoride was a uh, rat poison and an insecticide. But it was also being produced by major industry, uh, metal metal processing, fertilizer factories, iron ore, zinc, and the, all the sort of... Phosphate, that's the fertilizer, isn't it? Isn't it called the, um, the, the phosphite mining yeah. in oh. production? Yeah, that's that's the fertilizer one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. And from his research, Christopher Bryson's found uh, they were starting to get too many lawsuits. The toxic... Gases were going up the chimneys, coming down over the countrysides, and it was killing cattle 
It was destroying uh, crops and uh, and orchards, and they're getting too many lawsuits. And then eventually they got told, well, you better collect that those gases because it's, it's too many lawsuits were coming and you need to get rid of it. And then they had a great source of toxic industrial waste to get rid of. Mm. And about the same time, his research finds the industrialists in America took control of the U.S. Treasury. And part of the Treasury was the U.S. Health Service. And with a bit of uh, skullduggery, they discovered that and suggested that fluoride might be good for your teeth. And a good way to get rid of their toxic waste was to add it to the water supply. The, uh, it was also at the time during World War Two, huge amounts of fluoride were used to make the atom bomb in the Manhattan Project. Mm. They mixed the fluoride with uranium to make hexa uranium fluoride and then they were able to then use that to make uranium, enrich uranium. And it's a very, very long involved story, but they knew it was toxic. It was more toxic than the uranium in the, for the workers in their, uh, in their factories, especially at Oak Ridge. So anyway, the industrialists somehow convinced the dental people that it was good for people's teeth and they could put it in the water. I'm pretty sure it, it, it was even, uh, what's his name, uh, Edward Bernays, I think, had a hand in this. Didn't If that rings a bell with you at all, I'm pretty sure it rings a bell with me. Yeah, he was the... the yeah. The father of propaganda, basically, um, and he helped. He wrote the book on propaganda. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they used him in the end. His um, his pop his you know, methods of public public manipulation and stuff to to sell it to the public to make it you know make it look like it was a good thing that uh, they put up a similar to what they do now, Cole. You know, they they put up an expert or uh, someone in a white lab coat and and get them to tell the people that this thing that we're telling us to have is good and it's good for us, whether we want to believe it or not, you know, they just, that's their, that's what they use. They use these people as um, sort of talking, talking heads or, you know, pup, puppets to, to, to sell the product that they're trying to push on us. Similar to what we're seeing now, of course, with the, the vaccine rollout, you know, just trust the experts, look at the ads on TV as a, I'm a, I'm a doctor and you should take this substance, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they did back in the day to sell fluoride to the public. Yes, that's right. He he was Sigmund Freud's nephew, mm. and they they used him also to market cigarettes to women. Yep, that's he, right. He was able to get uh, get women women smoking cigarettes. I think he may have even helped lead in the petrol. I'm not too sure, but I think he may have. Yeah, so many things that, 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 that bloke had a hand it, in. Yeah. So, yeah, 
1945, they decided to do a 10-year trial between two cities, a control city in America and a, a fluoridated city. And they did the same in Canada. 10-year trials. And now, after about five years, they decided, oh, it's working great. We've come up with the figures uh, which eventually were found to be fraudulent and extremely uh, dubious. But after five years of the 10-year experiment, the Dental Association, the government, declared fluoridation a great success. So they never got to never got to do the stories uh, or the studies where children started to get fluorosis of the teeth because uh, the adult teeth don't come out until about when the children are about eight years of age. Mm, yeah, eight eight to ten or something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they started to roll out fluoridation in the 1950s uh, by they, they even they never kept the control city they fluoridated the con control city after five years so it was impossible to compare them <laughs> oh your yeah, phone's going off, off. <laughs> you're right mate <laughs> Uh, life gets in the way, folks. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll call him back later. <laughs> and so that's where it started in, in America in 1945. And the ADA... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the, yeah, the so, ADA. So basically, all it took it was okay. All it took, Cole, was basically a couple of bogus studies that didn't even get finished. Um, you know, and probably some uh, moneyed, in, moneyed interests um, and some you know publicity stunts and a few things like that. And then, bang! Before we know it, fluorides now not only uh, apparently good for us, uh, it's now in the water for everyone as well. Yes, but it's really, it's a uh, toxic waste scandal. Mm -hmm. They somehow use toxic waste to put into the water. They can't... Uh, They can't uh, put it into this ocean. They can't put it into the land. They can't put it into the lakes or rivers. So they put it into the water supply. Mm. I, I actually remember that. that and, what you said just then reminded me of something I, I published on one of my articles. I think I said something to that, almost to that exact wording. I think I said, um, dump it in the ocean and it's environmental vandalism. Dump it in a river, it's environmental vandalism. Dump it in, you know, in the middle of the desert, it's environmental vandalism. Dump it in the municipal water supply, all of a sudden it's a product that's good for you. <laughs> yes, and really 99% of it never touches the tooth. 
I actually had an official in America come out and say, well, it's a perfect example of win-win situation. I get to ri get rid of all this all this waste from the fertilizer factory, and it's good for your teeth. Mm. But like you said, so, how like ninety five percent of it or something doesn't even touch our teeth, and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize in the public. You know, they just told, "Oh, yeah, fluoride, it's good for you." Blah blah blah. Yeah, you brush your teeth with it, but you don't swallow toothpaste; you spit it out. Well, you know, all that water we're drinking, which is fluoridated. You know, it's not necessarily all touching our teeth. You know, we it barely even touches all of our teeth surfaces. It's not like every glass of water or every mouthful of water that everyone has. You know, we're not all sitting there swishing it and swirling it around our mouth before we swallow it, or you know, or just spitting it out or something. Uh, and then, of course, all the other water that we're using on on everything else in our lives. You know, washing dishes and washing our bodies and you know, watering the garden or whatever. You know it's it's in it this fluoride isn't selective as to where it goes it's it's in all of our water supplies unless you're i guess getting um rainwater only or even then it's probably still got dust of fluoride or something in it but um yeah it's just everywhere and just like what colin said folks it's not uh it 95 of the of the fluoride that we're drinking you know it oh, all oh, sorry 95 percent of the, the water that we're um consuming it doesn't touch our teeth Yes, so probably closer to 98 to 99%. But, oh, there you uh, go. Sorry, I might have had the percentage wrong. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, the first uh, the first use of fluoridation of the water in Australia was uh, 1953 in Beaconsfield, Tasmania. Now, just a, was it a coincidence, but the Aluminium Company of America was building a smelter right across the bay. And the rumour has it, the council got a very big donation to put fluoride in the water. Of course, a good source of fluoride would be from the smelter itself. Hmm. As of course the toxic waste byproduct from the smelter, from that production process. Yes, although they probably have to import it in because the smelter didn't get built for another couple of years, or didn't get finished for another couple of years. But that was the first in Australia, nineteen fifty-three. Uh, many of the other states were fluoridated in the sixties. Uh, Victoria in the late 70s and except for a couple of places in Queensland we never had it till about 2008 because mm. uh, all the country party people knew that fluoride destroyed the teeth of young lambs when they drank the uh, bull water full of fluoride oh right that's interesting so if I can just interject there so uh, obviously, well, you know, bore water being, of course, you know, obviously from drilled from the ground or ground sources, which um, doesn't have that, I guess, that industrial waste byproduct fluoride substance in it. It has, I guess, you would call a natural fluoride. Perhaps it's in um, in the groundwater sources. Is that is that right? Is that what the the fluoride they're getting coming from? Yes. Um... Yeah, they do call it natural fluoride. It's usually calcium fluoride. Calcium fluoride, that's the and one. It's, 
it's normally fairly insoluble, but once you get enough of it, it is still soluble. Uh, but it's still, the fluorine ion is still just as toxic as the artificial fluorine ion because it's exactly the same ion. Right, so all the, the these farmers who were drinking had the boar water and their their, uh, their their sheep, their lambs were drinking this stuff. It was ruining their teeth. And so they had first-hand knowledge that this substance causes damage to teeth and they, know, they, and they knew it. And, of course, they opposed the introduction of mandatory water fluoridation, I would say, or, you know, held off as long as they could in, in putting it in the... And we're allowing our governments, I guess, to to put it in our water supply. So, what what changed, mate? Why did um why did that change? Oh, I think basically it's become a policy, health mm. department policy from the fifties. Uh, but and then it become for some reason it become political. Uh, Labor Party, Liberal Party, Greens all endorse it because they've been told by their dentists it's good for teeth. But basically, it makes a lot of money for dentists because they sell fluoride treatments themselves and they get to fix the damaged teeth using veneers to repair the damaged teeth. Yeah, so that the one, teeth one that have veneer. been damaged from fluoride, they're now fixing as well. So it's a win-win for them, isn't it? Yes. They try not to tell people that it does give you dental fluorosis. Mm-hmm. But there is a... Well, about 25% of most people in Australia, your children, get dental fluorosis. It's when... The adult teeth are forming inside the gum and they get too much fluoride. The enamel is damaged by the excess toxic fluoride. And it varies from very mild to mild to moderate to severe. And once it gets to moderate and severe, you got yellow and brown staining and it's very, very ugly. But the dental authorities say, oh, it's very rare. It's generally okay. It's not okay if you're the one who's got the ugly teeth. Mm. Mm. But in effect, it's it's just a huge toxic waste scandal uh, Half half the fluoride. I don't know if you want to get into the types of chemicals yet. Yeah, no. yeah, let's go for it actually, because a lot of people out there. Let's just the the assumption, Cole, is that, and I've even asked people this before in the past, like friends of mine and family and stuff. Hey, folks, if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode as well as about nineteen other special bonus show podcasts, please do head over to our Patreon page and help support independent media here in Australia. Link will be in the uh, description of the podcast below, guys. Otherwise, just head to www.patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia. Thanks, guys.